No one decides to go into debt. It creeps up on you. Slowly. Debt follows debt. Follows debt. Unless you do something about it. Face your debt problems before they cripple you. It's time to do something. You're listening to Vuga Onba. More music, more inspiration. Vuga Online. These days I call it. These days I call it what I call it good news. Uh, let the spirit guide us. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Good morning. I, so when Anderson came onto the show, I actually said good morning, Vietnam. Uh, like I didn't even know uh, where that comes from. So you probably just caught the tail end of my conversation there. And as, as I was saying, um, I will let the spirits guide us. So I was going like, you know, something is very, something strange happens uh, where I'm feeling like now the universe is sending me messages and I'm just passing them on. You know, it's a very interesting job of being a post office. Welcome to the show, Alison. <laughs> Thank you, Mongezi. Happy to be here with you all today. Yeah, you are on uh, you are on uh, Leadership Mondays, uh, but today we have a very special show because we are talking um, about... Um, we're talking about, uh, remember, we've been celebrating winners uh, throughout this process um, for the ACA Awards that happened uh, uh, in May. Uh, sure, it's already going to the end of June now. So we've been having a good time talking to the winners and celebrating the winners. And today we are celebrating Alison Foot, who is, a, well, we are celebrating Vets, Vets Business School, who won the best um the best, the best institution, um, uh, in, in training in coaching. If I'm, if I'm not mis, I don't even know the these categories. The, the, this just goes to show you. <laughs> and then, so this is the conversation we're going to have, and I'm tag teaming again with the good news, Karagan, uh, uh, as 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 my uh, side man there, as as we go through this process, and we don't know what's gonna be. We had fun the last time we did this this. Uh, uh, tech teaming, welcome to Leadership Mondays. Alison, we always start the show anyway with a very nasty question. Uh, what gives you the right to talk about leadership and coaching on this show? It's a very interesting question you ask. Um, and I want to say something off, off the bat that you can lead from anywhere. You don't have to be nominated as a leader to lead. And I think yes. that's what happened in my case. I joined Fitz Business School. Uh, 
through a coaching program, a certificate program in leadership coaching, uh, to volunteer to coach MBA delegates for free as part of my give back being an MBA myself. And I was really taken with uh, the benefit and the impact that coaching can make. And mm. at that stage, I don't think Vitz, uh, Vitz was very much um, focusing on academics. I was in the executive education section of uh, Vitz, and I saw a gap. And I saw a real need for coaching, and I saw the way coaching could change people's lives. And so I just started with the coaching and uh, picked up on a work that had been started by Dr. Viveka Christensen <laughs> and Natalie Vitton. And I slowly but surely started adding coaching to programs and looked at um, revamping the coaching offering we had at that stage. We have an, uh, a master's in management in executive coaching, but that's on the academic side. And I was looking more at corporates and how they could improve their leadership through coaching. And so that's where I met with you, Mongesi. Yes. And we uh, looked at our existing program, revamped it and and redesigned it. So although I wasn't officially designated as the leader uh, in the coaching space, I just made it happen. Yes, yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's always, I think, for me, an interesting thing that actually comes out um, whenever we have this show. I mean, we've been having this show now for like two years, uh, interestingly. And in that two years, what keeps coming up when we ask that question is how people it almost feels like people stumble onto leader, onto their leadership um, um, as feeling, sensing, connecting to a calling, and then they just do it, and, and then it happens. So with all of that, what, what I want to do with, uh, with that introduction, I want us to take a quick break because I see we, I did a very long introduction, so I kind of ate into, uh, into the advert time. So we have an advert coming. So we need to take a quick ad, and then when we come back, we continue with the conversation it will go anywhere. So get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea or whatever it is that you're drinking. And let's have a conversation about leadership and coaching. We'll be back on Leadership Mondays. Harley Davidson. There are no words. Waking up all day to Vuga Online. We are back on Leadership Mondays, and uh, I have uh, Alison Food. Alison, what is your role? Is it di- director? Director of what's what's your role? Uh, I head up um, the LDC, which is the leader. It used to be called the Leadership Development Center, but yeah. it's now the Leadership and Coaching Center. Yes. And I think because of my passion for coaching, um, they put me in that role. So I manage all the coaches. Um, yes. I make sure there's coaching on lots of the programs. That's my yes. official title. Yes. Uh, because I think a lot has changed as, uh, as well since uh, uh, What's-His-Name came in. There's been a, a number of, of interesting, small, but significant shifts there. So 
the congratulations on winning the award. So I have to go there first and then uh, we'll talk about everything else. How has been the response? Thank you, Mongesi. We're very proud of the response uh, of the uh, winning of the award. And uh, Leonie, who's our executive head of uh, ex- executive education, was over the moon that we'd been considered for it because we really consider ourselves an African university. Mm. And it's key for us to to be involved in anything that improves our leadership on the continent. Yeah, yeah. No, sounds, sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Good news. Uh, what's over to you? I'm, I'm sort of uh, thrilled at the growth or the change in the role of the Leadership Development Center to include coaching. There must have been a trigger, uh, Alison, that actually caused you to actually include coaching as a central piece of that development framework. What would that be? Oh, that's an interesting question, good news. Um, I know that Dr. Vivek Christensen um, was looking at the MBAs, and that's where the coaching actually started, was in support of MBA delegates. And we wanted it to be self-sustaining, that any MBA delegate who had got an MBA from WITS could return to the university, do the coaching program, and then give back. So it was essentially... Um, a way of giving back to the, the delegates coming in future. I looked at that and thought, why should it only be for MBAs? What about junior delegates who um, don't even know what coaching is about? And so when mm-hmm. we designed our future leaders program, which is at the equivalent of six. That was the first thing we did was put coaching on that program because I think every deserves the chance. It's, um, life-changing. Anybody you talk to will tell you coaching is life-changing. Yes, yeah. Beautiful. And it sort of uh, is life-changing to both the, the person who offers the coaching and the person who receives the coaching. How would it change the life of the person who receives the coaching? I think for the first time, they have an opportunity in a completely safe space to share hopes and dreams, to share fears, Mm. things that they potentially are nervous about sharing with people who know them. And in that process, they become empowered Mm. to try things and to make changes in their lives. Uh-huh. With the support of somebody, um, I know, I think about Pranesh Anandlal, who's one of my coaches, and he always says, I walk the journey with you. So I'm there at your side. As you try things, I'm there at your side to support and assist you. And always it's on a leadership program. So we're looking at not just existing leaders, but as we say, emerging or future leaders. How do we assist them um, to take that step onto onto the ladder and to really grow. Mm. Yeah, and, and and that's interesting. I mean, how how has it been how has it been re- received though? I mean, I'm, I'm imagining if it was meant, and and this has been the interesting challenge with coaching in 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 in, in general, and and sometimes it drives me nuts. I mean, I've been doing coaching for 90, since ninety seven. So when people go like, oh, it's a very new uh, area. It's not new. <laughs> when you put it into organization. So maybe a two-pronged question here. 
How has it been received in organizations uh, that you find you're doing it for? But how was it received within the institution itself? Um, Okay, well, let's start with the organizations we're doing it for. Um, We've been coaching uh, since 2008, 2009. So that's a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's been exponential, uh, Mongezi, to the extent that even although there are programs where there is no coaching offered as a norm, Mm -hmm. um, corporates are saying, oh, we want our delegates to be coached. And a lot of the coaches come into the um, process and say, oh, but it's only four sessions. But then when they look at it, the way we approach the start um, really enables the delegate to be prepared. So when they go into their coaching, they are prepared for what's coming. They know what their responsibilities are. They understand what they can get out of it. And so they're really engaged. And so the coaching works. And I must say, I've had I would say virtually no issues at all um, with coaching from a corporate perspective. Some of them are very focused on coaching around um, competencies, and we do that too. But with a lot of them, it's all about support for them on the program they're on and on their leadership journey. So um, that's from a corporate perspective. I think from uh, an institutional perspective, because the um, the university is, or the business school, should I say, is essentially two sections, the academic section and the executive education section, uh, coaching was quickly embraced in the exec ed side of it and really um, took off. Yes. But slowly as corporates moved across and started to do academic programs, they took their need and requirement for the coaching with them. Right. And so it's... I think it's taken them by surprise the extent to which corporates are asking for coaching and where coaching is taking place. Nice, nice. You are on Leadership Mondays and we are speaking to Alison Foote, who is a lead at the Vest Business School uh, with the, in the Center for Coaching and, uh, and, uh, and Leadership. And uh, we're talking a lot about um, coaching and they, the, Vest, the Vest Business School, as you know, won um, this year, was recognized as the best institution for coaching and driving coaching. Um, within, and I swear I had nothing to do with it. I work there, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sessional there. I only come when I'm being asked, so I don't know too much. <laughs> but we need to take a quick break and um, uh, Vuga Online Radio, that's more music, more, is- more, more inspiration. But when we come back, listen, I want to talk a little bit about, I mean, we've been talking about coaching, we've been talking, I, I like the intersection that we're creating in terms of it. Uh, uh, coaching, institution, um, organization, and leadership. So for me, there's all of these pieces that are dancing together right now. So I want to go back into a leadership conversation quickly um, and and talk a little bit about, first of all, just for you from your own leadership journey, because I think one something that's fascinating is how you took on your leadership uh, in this instance. What are some of the lessons you have learned um, in leadership today that you can share one or two uh, lessons about leadership, but also being within the institution itself, what are some of the interesting trends uh, that you guys are seeing that's coming out in the content 
around around leadership. But for now, we need to take some music. Um, you see, I'm nice. I, I'm, I'm actually preparing you to go look the research before I come back. Because <laughs> 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 we didn't prepare Alison at all. You know, on this show, we actually just get people coming in. Um, so we're doing it for the first time with the, with the institution. So I'm a bit nervous. We are on, the, on your own leadership, leadership Mondays and uh, we'll be back with some music. Here we go. The Africa Center for Work-Based Learning is a professional development center for professionals who aim to improve their professional standing. This means that the learning programs we run are more than just academic programs. They are work-based programs that focus on leveraging your current experience as a professional to build your overall profile. A year down the line, the Africa Center for Work-Based Learning is developing into a preferred center for professional development in Pretoria, with eight professional development faculties including accounting, teaching, entrepreneurship, as well as IT and many more. For more information, go to acwbl.org or dial plus 27127517608, the Africa Center for Work-Based Learning, where work is learning. Waking up all day with Vuga Online Radio. I have good news, and he is... <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Sorry. And he is sitting right here um, uh, with me as we tag team for the second time doing uh, Leadership Mondays. And we have Alison Foote uh, from the First Business School and talking already about uh, how she took up she took up her leadership in terms of creating um, a program uh, because I think there was also something about giving back which is continuously speaks to my to my to my soul. Universities are not known for giving back in general. They are seen as corporate institutions that are there to gouge and and, and take as much as possible. Uh, so why do you guys care about this giving back? Interesting question. I think, um, gosh, that is an interesting question. <laughs> Let me just uh, get my thoughts in order. Yeah. And I think, Alison, what will help here is that the giving back has a face. Yes. And the face of that giving back is you. So, so don't do the African thing here and be humble about it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, okay. Um, well, let's start first with the delegates. I think what we were trying to do when we got the um, the coaching being done by past MBA for a future MBA was to try and make sure that on an individual level we connected with people who were going out into the world. Um, in leadership roles and to make them understand um, that leadership is not just about um, knowing um, the, the hard stuff, but mm. that it's about how you work with people around you mm. and that that's where um, the coaching skills really help you. Yeah. Um, from my own perspective with, with leadership, I believe in the servant leadership model. So I think that's partly why um, for me coaching is key Yes. Um, is to be able to 
be there to support the people who you work with. So you are not, because you happen to have the title of head of department or head of the leadership and coaching center, it doesn't matter if you see something isn't working, you step in, you help, you assist, and you try and grow everybody around you. Mm. So for me, that's, um, that's my model of leadership, the servant leadership. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's where coaching really works. And I think in corporates particularly, maybe not so much coaching as mentoring. And so we see a crossover there with a lot of the corporates where um, the people who are on coaching programs specifically don't necessarily want to go out and start a coaching practice. They want to be better leaders in their own companies. Yeah. They want to be uh, able to support the people who are in their teams the right way. And often you get um, guys coming onto programs who are very confident and secure in that they know where they're going. And coaching really changes the way they work with people. Right. So um, for me, that's uh, where I see uh, coaching coming um, very much into the leadership role. Yeah. And Link, no, you, you, you absolutely have in, in fact linked to that because um, this is where the connection is. What has been in your, in your experience, what are, what are leaders struggling with today? What are one or two things that leaders are struggling with? Gee, Mungesi, how much time have you got? <laughs> Um, I think the dis- I think I think at the moment the disconnectedness that uh, this whole digital world brings us, yeah. and we're looking very much at leadership in the digital era. How do you connect with your teams? How do you connect with people on an ongoing basis um, mm. when uh, we have been sitting behind screens for so long? Um, and I think it changes the way we interact with one another. Mm. So I think that's one of the big things. Um, and I think supporting our teams in their dig- on their digital journeys and helping them grow along that road. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for you, in terms of your lessons in leadership, what, what, what have you learned about leadership that is up to so far? You go, you, go, you know, if I were leading a leadership center and, and, and coaching center at a major business school with 150 years, this is the one thing I would make sure that people know. Gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being naughty. You've put me on the spot there. <laughs> but what I mean, I suppose what I'm asking here is you, you've been in leadership for a long time. Um, what do you think is one one lesson that you've learned that's none that never keeps that that never changes up to so far for you well i think i think there was probably two things that come through for me if i can say two instead of one yes. one of yes. them is humility yeah i think humility i think there's a lot of arrogance out there in the world we assume we know everything and yeah. as long as we listen to the people around us with humility and be prepared to hear what they're actually saying, we yeah. can learn from them and make the right decisions instead of the wrong decisions. Yes. And the second thing is integrity. Uh-huh. Integrity is key to leadership. Yeah. Um, we have a new head of school, uh, Professor Maurice Ragebe, who is just amazing. And um, he, he shows a different leadership lesson. He connects with everybody in our school. Yeah. 
Mm. He attends all our meetings. Mm. He is there. He is present. He is. Mm. He isn't um, somebody who's in an ivory tower. He has the humility to come down to our level, to chat with us, to engage with us. Um, to, he shares leadership lessons with us. And so for me, those are the two elements is the integrity and the humility to say, yeah. I'm just like you. The fact that I'm a professor, I have a title, I can engage with you on any level. We can share conversations, we can yeah. talk, and we can learn from one another. I'm not too great that I know everything. I can yeah. learn from someone. Before I let, because I'm excited about this, and I see Good News is very excited as well, so he wants to come in. But before he comes in, I want to I want to tag on this because you're, you're saying such such important things. And I've, I've, I was very excited actually to learn um, about um, uh, Maurice uh, uh coming in um, as well, because I was going like, I had a little interaction with him uh, while I was still working, uh, uh, while he was still at, at Sasso. So, at yeah, so I kind of had an idea of that. Oh, okay, that's interesting. That, that, that should take a, a bit of a different turn because he's not a typical academic, is, is he? And I think you've, yes. you've, 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 you've actually just described that. But here's one thing that's always fascinating about me and uh, about what you've just said about humility. Um, many, when I then say this, humility is not lowering yourself. Humility is knowing you have power and knowing when to use it. What would you say to that definition of humility? I think it's a fantastic definition because mm. often when you say the word humility, mm. people think it means you're weak. Yes. But you're not. You're not yes. weak. Yeah you, yeah, you are open to suggestion, you are open to listen, mm. you are open to understanding the other person's perspective, mm. you put yourself in their shoes, mm. but you still have the integrity and the strength to make the right decision mm. and to deliver it in an empathetic way mm. um, so that everybody understands and isn't hurt by it. Mm. For me, that's, that's uh, the humility. Nice. Beautiful. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I would like us to take a few steps back, Alison, when you were talking okay. about your coach. And the way you actually described it, I had a vision of the coach walking next to you, as opposed to walking ahead of you, and also as opposed to walking behind you on the journey of leadership that you were on at the time. And uh, that, for me, gave me this question around saying, coaching as a profession, yes, it's doing something. But what does coaching as a way of leading do for organizations that send their people there and uh, from a perspective of the leaders that they have and the culture that is actually growing in those organizations? Um, I think that uh, the description of walking with you on the journey um, is key because I know with a lot of the programs we run um, where mentorship is maybe more um, the focus, but obviously coaching is the underpinning skill that you need to be the mentor. A lot of them come in thinking that it's about, um, I just tell you my story and my journey and you follow you um, you take what worked for me and you just do it uh, in your own way and it's interesting to see them 
change when they realize that that is not how mentorship works and that's not how coaching works. You find your path and I'm there to hold your hand, to guide you and to support you. And if you fall down or something doesn't work, I'm there to hear the story. If it's brilliantly successful, I'm also there to hear the story and to support you on the journey. And so for me, that's, that's how I see the coaching working. Yes, and, and now it is being applied as a way of leading as opposed to just to coach. But now uh, I've got this thing, uh, maybe I should write a, an article or a book from bulk to coaching. From yeah. what? From? Repeat from? From, <laughs> from bulk to coaching. Yeah. Planning, organizing, okay. Uh, and all of the old ways of uh, yeah. looking at so, so the Peter Drucker story uh, yeah. uh, from from Peter Drucker to now, and and what has changed is that's what you say, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How does that come alive in an organization whereby there are no coaches, but all the managers and leaders lead as if they were coaching? Yeah. It makes me think of Steve Jobs and uh, Apple, where he said, there's no hierarchy. Uh, there are no committees. Uh, we just meet. Everybody has a responsibility and we meet and talk. And yes. um, if they don't like my idea, that's fine. If their idea is better than my idea, that's the one we go for. Uh, not because I'm the leader, um, my, my word is gospel. So I think that's where the coaching element comes in, is not only being supportive, but being prepared to um, see the other side and to um, be on the journey as opposed to leading the journey. Exactly. And it's so amazing that it brings in the other things that you brought in earlier around uh, the integrity being important. And also, on the other hand, uh, uh, you mentioned something else around uh, what is important, mm. uh, the humility thereof. <laughs> yes. yes, because with humility and integrity, you are most likely to be able to be a great coach. Yeah. Mm. So uh, in a way, I'm going back to the congratulatory kind of approach to today to say, you are actually showing us that as an institution, you really deserve the award. Yeah. That's what I'm, 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 I'm actually, I want to sort of reinforce. It's not a question. Uh, it's just a comment to say with the discussion that we are having now, you are in a way embodying the award that the institution has arrived, uh, uh, has yeah. received. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up, good news, because I think um, one of the things we, we'll talk about, I think when we, when we come back from a break, um, as we start wrapping up, the, the whole idea... Um, the whole idea of a 22nd century Africa, um, in what way, um, in your mind, uh, are we ready um, as a society, as this continent, as your, the leaders you meet with, in what way are we ready for an Africa 100 years from now? Uh, because we keep talking about five years and 10 years and eight years and none of that stuff. Um, it really works because it's so short term. I think what we've learned is that we really need to, if we, if we learn anything, at least from my side, if I learned anything from China, um, if it is prepare now for 200 years. And they have been amazing at it in terms of keeping at it such that look at where the world is right now. 
and they are possibly one of the steadiest uh, economies as a result of it. And I'm wondering, as as an institution that's in Africa, are we ready for a 22nd century uh, Africa? And what does it mean for you? But we need to take a quick break. And um, when we come back, uh, we we, we keep grilling Alison uh, with very difficult questions. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Alison. We'll be back. No on <laughs> we'll be back on Leadership Mondays after this. And, uh... Don't take credit. Unexpected coming from a bank. But just think about it. Using credit to finance a flashy lifestyle to show that you've arrived won't help you live better. What's new today is old tomorrow, except for the debt that you still have to pay. But do take credit to renovate your home, buy a more reliable car, or pay for your children's education. If that's your goal, then Capitec will help you realize your dreams. Because living better starts when you get credit for the right reasons. Vuga. It's time to wake up. Cool. So before I read you back to that question, Alison, welcome back to Leadership Mondays, by the way. Hey, uh, you know, like when I'm getting into this thing, I kind of like over enjoy it. I forget I have people that are listening. Hello. How are you people? Are you, are you enjoying the show? And uh, what is it that you're actually getting out of this conversation today? What are some of the questions you think we should be asking? Because we probably will bring uh, Alison back and, and ask her some of the questions you want. We just have an hour. So in a, in a space of an hour with music and all of that stuff, there really isn't too much. I think good news, it was you who spoke about Peter Drucker. Uh, so I kind of, and this is, I was in Lusaka um, two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, and um, we were still pursuing that whole conversation around the 22nd um, century Africa, although the work of, of, of MLC is much more short term, it's about 2063. And how do we uh, create a middle income Africa? But one of the feedback I got, um, which I didn't know from the team was, um, you know, you are the resident contrarian. <laughs> I would have really thought that I'm the nice guy that actually just toes the line and does what they are told. You know? <laughs> so I have a reputation. But here's my contrarian thing again with what you've just said about Peter Drucker. I think many people actually sometimes I think they misinterpret this Peter Drucker thing. Because when you think about your poll, um, right there with leading uh, with, with the leading the, the leading piece in the park. We, we kind of think it's a thing, but it's not a thing. It's not a unitary thing that's a step. It's not a step in the park. It's actually exactly where coaching is, where inspiring is, where uh, highlighting and pulling and visioning and all of the things that we talk about with Warren Bennis and all of that. But we, we get so fixated in separating leadership from from control, uh, from planning, from organizing, as if they're, they're, they're disconnected. They're not. Actually, the work of the leader is to do 
is to manage and lead uh, exactly. all at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, Definitely. end of rant. Uh, so let's go back to the question, Alison. So in, in, in the context of a 22nd century Africa, are we ready? Uh, is, 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 when you look at leadership, when you look at the country, when you look at where we are as the continent, are we ready to, to move into a different Africa? Um, it's a difficult question for me to answer, Mongesi, but I will answer it within the context of all the delegates that I work with. Yes, yes. And yes. I must say that is what so excites me about working at Fitz Business School. I come uh, home often on cloud nine. I meet some of the most amazing young people. Mm. And I think the coaching, the one thing that it does for them is it gives them confidence. Sorry, it gives them confidence in their own ability. And they are capable, a lot of them. Mm. A lot of them have come up through the ranks pretty quickly. Um, coaching gives them that uh, confidence to speak out, to do things, to try things. I look at some of the projects that get delivered by the delegates on the leadership programs that we work on. Some of them are personal leadership journeys, which entail reflection, um, designing their own blueprint for the kind of leader they want to be, mm-hmm. focusing on um, the things like ethics and integrity and uh, caring and a lot of um, Ubuntu sort of concepts that maybe are not a part of the Western world. Mm-hmm. And then I look at a lot of the, of the the other projects, action learning projects, the business integration projects, where they also uh, work with coaches, but a different type of coach, more a, a facilitator, supervisory assistant in in the content. And they come up with the most amazing things. And they speak well, and they do the best presentations you can imagine. So I'm very, very, um, I'm very confident that we have an amazing um, pool of intelligent, educated, caring um, students out there. And I'm hopeful that they can go out and make the difference that we need, because it needs to be spearheaded, um, you know, and... Um, I'm hopeful that the organizations give them the scope to go out and make that difference. But from, I mean, I hope I never stop working. That's because I love it, because I meet the most amazing delegates. So I think we have the potential. Um, Whether we're going to get there soon, um, well, that depends on a lot of other things, doesn't it? But uh, we have the the ingredients. We have the quality ingredients to make it happen. Yes, you said something very interesting there, and I don't know if you noticed, but uh, that's a good testimony to the institution as well. When you go like, I hope I never stop working there. Uh, Because that's when you know, um, uh, we we usually talk a lot about engagement and, 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 and leadership engagement and creating a climate for people to be enthused and, and, and it sounds like, you, as a leader within that institution, you already have it. You spoke earlier about the leadership itself around uh, Maurice and the team and how everybody is essentially moving um, in, in, the same, in the same direction. And now you mentioned something about the students and how uh, the, the quality of, of, of the students. And, and I think for me, it sounds like there's a lot of hope because sometimes when you're sitting outside, when you're reading the news, when you're uh, looking at what's happening, you're thinking, oh, this country is going to hell in a uh, in a handbasket. But it feels from what you're saying, like there's a lot of 
pool we can uh, pull out of uh, to to get leadership going. Absolutely, Mongesi. I mean, uh, I just think about Sonia, who's one of our um, program managers who works with, with the delegates. And after she'd listened to a, a presentation one day from yes. a young woman, she yes. said, I think she could be the next president of this wow. country. So that's the kind of sense you get, you know. I love listening to them present and yeah. the confidence they show. And I like too how the organizations look at the changes that have happened in their delegates in terms of confidence and and skills. But I mean, primarily a lot of it through the coaching, you know, the support that they've had from coaching. So to me, yeah. they're integral to my Your turn. Good news. Anything from you. Anything from you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a heartwarming thing to discuss coaching and leadership and managing in the same breath. And actually be able to see the similarities and the the kind of things that flow across that are common, as Mongezi was saying just now. That there is no, uh, there are no Chinese walls between these concepts. Uh, it's more like a permeability uh, of concepts, thinking, and, and approaches. And I would like to know, uh, as the institution that actually uh, has won the coach of uh, uh, of the or the, the the coach training institution of the year. Yes. What would you say? to those ones who are hesitating to come and be trained uh, or to actually be qualified as coaches uh, in the program that you're offering? Interesting question. Um, I'm going to go back, if I may, before I answer it, to to talk about um, organizations that send people on coaching journeys because they want them to be better managers. And so they say, you will do a coaching program. And often they come onto the program and uh, they don't know that they want to be on this coaching program. You know, they're managers. They, and I watch the subtle changes happen. Yes. Um, and for some who don't make the change, I want to say, uh, I don't believe they ever will be really great leaders. I think you have to be prepared to... Um, to go the coaching journey because I think you add an element to your leadership that uh, no manager, pure manager will ever have. So for anybody who um, is not sure if they want to come on the journey, I want to say to them, open yourself to the experience because you don't know how much you personally will get out of it. It's not just about being able to coach somebody else. But you learn about yourself all the time. And I know when we work, um, uh, good news with the coaches, we have supervision sessions for our coaches. They never stop learning. And it's an, yeah. it's an insistence on our part. You can't just coach and coach and coach. You have to also be involved in your own growth and your own learning. And it's a cycle. And um, so, uh, to anybody who is not sure, I would say, take that first step. You will be amazed at how it can change your own life. Mm, um, beautiful. Because you grow as well. Banking 101. Sorry. Good. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You, you know, Alison, it's actually... Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What I'm learning from 
what you're saying, Anderson, is that they have to have an open mind about it. They have to have an open heart about it and an open will. I, I am now uh, plagiarizing uh, Otto Shaman. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's that openness on all three fronts uh, that you are inviting them to. And how easy is it for us as coaches and as leaders and managers to just open ourselves up to new possibilities? Uh, for some people, it might be not easy. And often the most difficult thing to do has the biggest benefit. But I don't think you ever grow if you don't open yourself to opportunity. You have to open yourself mm. to opportunity. Mm. That's the way you grow. Beautiful. Um, grow as a leader, grow as a human being. So um, I would urge everybody to be open. Sometimes it's difficult, it's frightening. But um, I've, I've, I very rarely see people um, sorry that they did it or say that they never got anything out of it. I think you always yes. grow. Beautiful. Yeah. So growth is the ROI. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> personal growth, organizational growth. Um, yes, Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank is, you very much. Growth is the outcome. Yeah. But Alison, that's difficult though. I mean, uh, if I think about it, um, one of the one of the awarenesses I I've, I recently got, we had a, a the coaching coaching in Africa conference uh, um, recently, and I think. Um, and at the, I don't know if good news you are aware of this. Um, what what landed on me? I think I said it there, but I said too many things, so I don't know. If, but one of the things that that struck me about humans and learning is around how actually learning is a grudge purchase. If it was up to us, it feels like we wouldn't actually learn anything if it was up to us. But fortunately, we actually don't have a choice <laughs> because it's kind of built in. A, a, a child, a child that is born and now two months later needs to actually eat solids will start getting teeth uh, growing. It's it has it has nothing to do with you. It's not going to ask for your permission, um, and you probably need to go and work, which means you probably need to go and study something. Um, and then leaders that are coming now to the program, they probably need to now start getting into a different world of work that uh, has very challenging people uh, coming in that are no longer going to listen to you say, because I said so. <laughs> because uh, you and which committee? Because <laughs> today's, today's millennials, they're not, they're, not inter- they're, going to, they're not interested in you telling them because I told you so. In fact, what's very, what's very interesting in the U.S., um, having come back, come back from there recently, I think what has been fascinating in terms of the airline industry is people, at least in the airline industry, but I think it's wide, it's everywhere in the U.S., people are resigning from work in droves because they've decided they're tired uh, of working for crappy leaders. And But most importantly, they've gotten to a space where they realize I actually have a purpose and I kind of want to do more purposeful work. And if it means having to work from home two days a week 
and not have to do anything else and sit in the stupid traffic. I'd rather do that. And and it's and I feel coaching um, as a method, as an approach, opens lead us to it. But the point I was trying to make in all of this is it's hard. So when you're coming into the program, because they're going to be annoying me, <laughs> you're going to meet me and I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm telling you now on this show. Don't think when you come into the coaching program, you're going to find something nice and easy. It is challenging um, in this instance. You agree, Alison? <laughs> Absolutely. You can see me shaking my head here. Yes. Um, I, I just think too, you know, Mungesi, that we, um, I think our education system is changing. Well, I hope it is. It used to be oh, at university, a buff who had done reams of research and he could sprout forth and you sat quietly and listened and then you had to write exams and assignments. We don't teach like that anymore. You are actively engaged. And if you're not, well, then get off the bus. You know, you are are a teacher in your own right. Besides, uh, as you are learning, you are sharing your experience with the other delegates uh, in your learning part. You are engaged, you are working together, and you have to, um, you're going to be in trouble. You need to be out there, you need to be able to access information and knowledge, and you need to engage all the time with people. And that's the way you learn and grow. And if everybody does that, uh, I think we've got a good future ahead of us. And I think we've got an amazing, um, you called them the millennials, but we have a, a large percentage of those um uh, uh, that population in our country who can make a difference who maybe yeah. haven't worked in um corporates who have an entrepreneurial spirit yeah. and um, that's where coaching can make a huge difference as well a yeah. huge difference and yeah. put people those, on a different path so i believe yeah. those those z generations guys hey we have a z generation now we i'm, I'm talking about the millennials it just it just goes to show you how old right. i am we actually have the Z generation now. They are in corporate. They walk in, they want the CEO role. And <laughs> Alison, we need to wrap up. This has been such a fun chat. Is there one last question you wanted to chat to, to ask Alison? Could you anything from your side? No, I think um, I've, I've done enough. Yes. And I'm just going to reiterate my congratulatory spirits and, and message to you, Alison and say keep up the good work in terms of what you're doing at the Vets Business School. And uh, yes, we need it. Thank you. We need it. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've got a question for you, Mongezi, and for good news. I don't know whether um, you can answer it, but we've been speaking largely about South Africa. And I want to know about Africa. I mean, we're African. And I want to know um, how coaching is progressing in the rest of Africa and the leadership development in the rest of Africa. And maybe we can learn lessons from one another and maybe we should have some sort of a, um, I don't know, a sharing of ideas. And um, so I don't know if you can share. You said you'd been to Lusaka. You could maybe give us um, a view on leadership and coaching. This has never happened that the, we, 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 you, the, the, the interview the questions around. You are sitting here for the first time and you're hearing it. <laughs> this is what's so difficult about having academics in our program. <laughs> Go away. 
<laughs> you want to start good news? <laughs> you just quick and short. Can you share? Just this morning, just this morning in our WhatsApp group, I, I made a request for coaches to work with in Lusaka. Hmm. And uh, last year, I spent the whole year doing the Enneagram program in Cairo. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few, uh, I mean, the result of this uh, award that you've got, it's a Cape to Cairo kind of uh, uh, kind of uh, campaign uh, okay. of making sure that leaders and coaches come together. So it's always in our DNA, me and Mongesi, to really uh, look at Africa from Cape to Cairo as opposed to Africa from Cape to the Limpopo River. Yeah, yeah it goes beyond that. Yes. In, in, fact, in fact, I'm glad you asked that question because I think that's the context on, of which the awards also have, have been taking place because one of the key assessments is about um, in what way is the institution uh, supporting the creation of an African of 21st century and uh, 22nd century. And, and what we are seeing as far as the growth of coaching is concerned uh, with the Africa Board for Coaching, Consulting and Coaching Psychology um, is around how at the time that you guys were starting the coaching program um, in South Africa, across the continent, there was probably one other institution that was training in coaching. But since then, there has been multiple that have been in different parts in Ghana, and I've been, I've been everywhere in Ghana, in Uganda, uh, in Tanzania, yeah. um, Tanzania is probably the, the the latest that's actually coming and joining. In fact, we're supposed to have the conference there uh, this year because we go to every country just to kind of also inspire that. So there's a lot that's happening with coaching. However, the degrees of um, uh, competence um, obviously vary, and the degrees of buy-in vary, but the degrees of awareness are like right over the roof. Um, from Nigeria right up to East London uh, and from Cairo to Cape. That's fantastic because that mm-hmm. if the awareness is there, it will come. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Thank if you for that can. question. And I think just to wrap it up, uh, Alison, um, a leader listening right now and saying, okay, what should I do after this conversation? What's the one thing I can do? Um, what, would, what would be your one line <laughs> response to that question? Um, My one-line response would be if you have not engaged in coaching and you're not familiar with it, that's the first thing I would recommend find out about. Yes. Because it can change the way you lead dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And we always close the show with a song. Um, What song would we close the show with for you? Gosh. You've got my mindset on Good Morning Vietnam since you opened a discussion like that. <laughs> it's Robin Williams in that movie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I know this is this is always my favorite part of the show because people don't see that question coming. <laughs> um, I love my music. I really love my music. And um, Bill Withers. He's one of my favorite artists. Um, I don't know if you know Bill Withers. Yes. Bill Withers at, at the Carnegie Hall. And um, I was listening to him yesterday, in fact. Um, I'm trying to think what the song's name is. I think it's called Slow Hands. No, uh, no, no. that was Clapton. That was Clapton. Um, 
I know, I know the one you're talking about. You know the one I mean. Right, left hand. Yes, I can't like right, left handed. Yes. About a, a soldier who goes to the war and loses his arm, and it is yeah. one of my most favorite, favorite pieces of music. What an appropriate song, especially um, with. It says the... a lot about love. Yes, and what's happening with the war everywhere right now? Because in as much as we are sitting here, there's people fighting everywhere across the continent and outside. That is beautiful. Alison, thank you so much. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good news, too. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alison. And you have been on on Vuga Online Radio and Leadership Mondays. And uh, we will see you again next week. I hope so. Feel free to join at Vuga Online Radio. Just check us out and uh, maybe just comment. Tell us who else should we be bringing onto the show that you feel we need to be talking to. And uh, here is, I don't know if it will come before the news or after the news, but I can write left hand. Left hand. Yay. <laughs> <laughs>